All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, and we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. All right, everybody, we are back with another high caliber action packed uh, show here today. Uh, We are talking all things crypto, all things blockchain, decentralization. And, uh, you know, we've actually got the best person I could imagine possible to discuss something very particular. Um, And we're going to be discussing how censorship resistant crypto networks uh, might actually be able to change the current trajectory of technology Um, and we're going to talk about uh, what we have been told is an unstoppable blockchain data ecosystem for web3 applications Uh, pizza mind and i are joined by the found the co-founder and the ceo of pocket uh michael o'rourke welcome to the show (laughs) the show sorry i had a burp there (laughs) thanks for for having me along here bryce uh really excited to chat you bet. And uh, Mr. Aaron Pizza Mind Malone, K Paso. Well, I was asking a crystal ball for some help on understanding if decentralization is really going to work or not. And it just came up and said, ask Michael O'Rourke. He'll know. Don't bother me. So <laughs> glad that uh, you were available today, Michael. Can you tell us a little bit about the pitfalls of centralized infrastructure and that's a big fancy word so let me explain that real quick for any new listeners centralized infrastructure is apple jp morgan google it's a single company a single entity with a board of directors with a chairman or a president that is in control of everything that is what centralized infrastructure is even in a cloud environment amazon web services microsoft azure Those are examples of centralized infrastructure. Decentralized infrastructure is where anyone can come on the network 
and run a node at like BitTorrent, like Bitcoin, like Ethereum. So Michael, can decentralized business models actually work as good as decentralized networks? What do you think? Yeah, uh, great, uh, great context there. Um, I think, uh, and, and just so we're clear, we actually had the CEO of Amazon Web Services just get promoted to uh, what I believe is president of, of all of, of, of Amazon recently. So um, uh, even even there, we're seeing the the the, the movement from from infrastructure to, to broader companies. But yeah, I think I think there's a ton of advantages in decentralized business models, and I really think the opportunity lies in breaking up various uh, data monopolies that exist today. So you've got people like Amazon Web Services, Azure, um, IBM. Uh, and and these guys really have a stranglehold on the current state of infrastructure today. And, and, and to provide some context as to what's really happening in the back ends here of these applications, I, I want to kind of take things back to the very beginning with a very famous Bitcoin saying, uh, and it says, don't trust, verify. And, and that actually uh, harkens to this idea of running your own Bitcoin node, verifying all of the transactions and ensuring that the data that you're seeing for your Bitcoin full node is true, true and accurate. And you do so by syncing up your Bitcoin node to the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, every cryptocurrency, every blockchain works in the same manner, uh, whether you're a validator on these blockchains or, or just running a regular full node. But the important part being um, that you're able to validate this yourself. The challenge of this today is that to be able to see, to use all these incredible applications, even from wallets, block explorers to DeFi that's happening today, these Bitcoin nodes or these Ethereum nodes are not designed to really handle infrastructure at scale uh, at all. So in fact, for some more background, um, the reason Coinbase really succeeded at the very beginning was because they decided to remove the ability for people to run their own nodes and said, hey, you know what, users, you don't necessarily need to do this. Uh, it makes things much easier if we run all that in our own backend. And you just have to worry about seeing your balance and doing the transactions. Now, what that means, and this is a really important shift, is now you are trusting Coinbase with, you know, I see 10 Bitcoin in my wallet or I'm sending my five Bitcoin to someone else. And uh, now, of course, we all fully trust Coinbase and uh, they've developed an incredible brand. But uh, every crypto blockchain application that has been created since then has been built under this paradigm of, of, you know what, you know, let us provide the scalable infrastructure. It's too complicated to run a full node. So, so now we can uh, help provide, you know, a better user experience for your application. And that's really the, the, the situation that we're in today when it comes to blockchain infrastructure. Now, the layer ones of these blockchains, like the actual blockchain that you're accessing, those are decentralized. But now we're seeing centralized choke points at the, uh, as we go higher up the stack from DNS to networking to the to the to, to file storage and and so on and so forth, and what we're starting to see uh, uh, with uh, 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 projects like Pocket, Filecoin, Handshake, uh, we're starting to see these crypto economic designs start to kind of break open uh, uh, some of these monopolies where where uh, it's now possible to access uh, uh, these decentralized blockchains under truly decentralized infrastructure using these uh, crypto economic. Uh, mechanisms. And uh, in some cases, it's privacy. Uh, in some cases, it's cost. 
but but the important part is that there's a a real uh, magnitude improvement on the status quo that is today. Awesome, and that that actually gives us you know a lot of in-depth, you know, kind of technical looks and folks, you might need to pause it and rewind it in order to, to, to digest all of that information, but it's really good. But let's take a step back. Let's zoom out. Um, Michael, why are you here? Why are you in the crypto industry? And particularly, you know, one of the things that, that, that I'm curious about is what does cryptocurrency actually mean to you, it means many different things to many different people. Some people think, "Oh, wow, you know, we could, you know, financialize, quote unquote, financialize different assets and make them all digital, or we could, um, you know, m- bring more transparency and supply uh, to supply chains and stuff." Like, what does cryptocurrency mean to you, and why are you here? Yeah, great question. Yeah, to, to understand that, you have to go a little bit farther back. I, uh, you know, I was born in the Caribbean in the Dominican Republic. Moved to Florida when I was about two years old very accustomed to sending money to my family over, over kind of previous uh, uh, things like Western Union. And in 2008, you know, I was really interested in the Occupy Wall Street movement. So I learned a ton about the financial system at the time. And around 2013 is when I stumbled across the Bitcoin subreddit. And uh, that's when I really got into crypto when, when at the time it was really just Bitcoin. And when I found out about the technology, read the white paper and just started really diving deeper into the rabbit hole and really saw the potential of this technology when I could send value to my cousins without ever having to deal with, with anyone, right? Um, uh, with any centralized service. And that was just absolutely mind-blowing to me. And, and really today, what motivates me today is, is really the acceleration of, of these open source systems and networks that really lower the playing, playing field or, or even out the playing field for everyone in, who's participating in, in, in these economic systems, right? I mean, we saw really the the culmination of this uh, not too long ago with with GME and and everything that happened with GameStop. But really, fundamentally, what gets me really excited is accelerating these these networks that really allow people to play on an even playing field uh, uh, in terms of finance, infrastructure, whatever it might be. Awesome. Yeah, I completely agree. It is so neat to really have a, I guess, an open platform to do whatever we want. Even though Bitcoin is almost at $50,000 today, as absurd as this sounds, we're still early. We're still very early. And there's a lot of things that have not been able to scale yet, like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And everyone's still trying to figure out what's possible. Every month, I get another message from someone saying, hey, you got to check out this new thing. It's really awesome. What kind of economic experimentation are you seeing around this industry that has really caught your eye? Yeah, I think obviously DeFi is really incredible here because we're able to build on these money Legos that allow people to do constant iterative improvements on traditional kind of finance products. And we're really seeing an acceleration here of experimentation because of the speed at which this is happening, right? So you've got, for me, what's really interesting are Wi-Fi and products like like Wi-Fi that have taken, um, that's effectively a a money market that allows, you know, that, that, that invests money on my behalf, right. To participate in these other DeFi protocols. And that arose because of the need to save gas because Ethereum gas prices were so high. Right. So what's really fascinating is seeing these kind of uh, money Legos really start to build on each other on Ethereum. Outside of that, we're starting to see um, uh, these kind of application specific blockchains uh, uh, more referring to the Cosmos and Polkadot ecosystem, where we now have really contained experiments independent with uh, under independent blockchains instead of smart contracts 
And this allows for different kinds of flexibility. You're not subject to the... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Gas fees in Ethereum, for example, uh, for many of these kinds of experiments. And, and for me, that is incredibly interesting. And in fact, you're even seeing certain things like this with Handshake. I mentioned them earlier. They're a traditional proof-of-work blockchain that is solving DNS, for example. And that, to me, uh, uh, we're starting to see uh, people take these kind of you know, uh, tried and proven methods, uh, at least relatively speaking in the crypto space, and starting to apply them uh, uh, to incredible experiments in the space. One of the things I'm kind of curious about, and I think a lot of people at home are curious about, is why decentralization is so important and particularly in context of these nodes. And the question I have for you is what happens if there's not enough nodes running a blockchain? And not even just like enough nodes, but what if one person or one party controls a majority of nodes? Yeah, there's uh, a couple things there. Um, nodes provide an important piece for, for these blockchains, whether you're mining or validating or just running a regular node. And, and nodes help keep the proofs and the kind of block proposals and the different new blocks that are coming in, you know, however long it might be, depending on the blockchain, they help act as a check and keeping them honest. They basically and, and make if, sure things are like synchronized. 
Is that exactly. fair to say? Yeah. And they make sure that I'm not lying about the block that I'm propagating throughout the network. Because if you have a majority of people who are propagating, um, who, who control you know, most of the nodes, you can then potentially lie about the information that you're showing to people. Uh, so that's a really important piece. Um, Which and, could potentially imply counterfeit you know, cryptocurrencies, right? Exactly. Exactly. Tricking people about, you know, kind of like the Coinbase example that I uh, provided to you earlier, but instead of um, one company, you've got an entire protocol, you know, subject to that, to that risk, right? So nodes are very important. (laughs) Nodes are immensely important. And and on the other side of that, you know, if you have one company or even two companies um, providing all the infrastructure, one cost, uh, it's going to be super easy for people to increase the prices on you. Deplatforming, you know, it's going to be super easy for Someone to say, hey, you know, I don't want you on our service because the government is saying, hey, you know, I don't think you should be there or, you know, uh, that sort of thing. So so those are really the, the two major important reasons as to why um, uh, uh, we shouldn't have, you know, just a couple companies running all the infrastructure in this space. Makes a lot of sense. Um, and it, it seems like you're really passionate about that because you and your friends, you went out and created a pocket network. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What inspired it? And what does it do? Yeah, we started thinking about Pocket late 2016 when we were writing some smart contracts on Ethereum. Uh, we use a service that uh, uh, is really quite important for the Ethereum ecosystem called Infura. Uh, and this is effectively the largest uh, infrastructure provider for most developers in the Ethereum ecosystem. And as 2017 went along, we really saw the importance of Infura to the Ethereum ecosystem. And we really saw the reliance that Ethereum had on Infura, I think at one point. Over 80% of all requests were going through Infura at, at peak. And we believe that there, we're going to live in a world with hundreds or even thousands of blockchains governing our lives in the future. So we started thinking about what would a protocol look like that can provide this service at scale in a decentralized manner. So we came up with Pocket Network. And Pocket Network, if I could describe it in two lines, is a protocol that incentivizes people to run full nodes for any blockchain and is a marketplace for developers. So um, for their applications. So, so instead of using a centralized service as a SaaS business, a developer would use our cryptocurrency to access a service and have a network of over 1,500 nodes providing data for their applications today. That's really fascinating. And there's actually another company that has a similar business model called Bison Trails, and they just got acquired by Coinbase for, for a good chunk of change so it seems like it's a pretty good business model that you guys got going on. And I think that a lot of other companies are going to start running, you know, there was software as a service and now there's almost like nodes as a service or infrastructure as a service, whatever you would call it. But but it's a hot business model right now. I think there's going to be a lot of companies that follow suit. You see that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think um, it's a little concerning, but I also think it's, it's, it's um, a good signal for our space, right? Particularly in the infrastructure space. It's clear that it's necessary. It really highlights um, uh, 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 the, the, the needs for, you know, scalable infrastructure, I think, you know, and you actually uh, adds, added some nice nuance there. There's infrastructure as a service, there's nodes as a service, there's different kinds of providers as well. Um, I think this all boils down to a couple of reasons. Um, one, tooling is is really difficult. I think a lot of the things that blockchains have built today when it comes to delegating to different, you know, master nodes, you know, validators, so on and so forth, it's all really, it's been designed in a really difficult way and it's going to take some time so that the industry builds the tooling to make this much easier for, for example, my mom to be able to run a node herself, right? Uh, and, and, and fundamentally, I also think the designs of these blo- blockchains help incentivize these kinds of 
acquisitions that we're seeing. Uh, most new proof of stake blockchains are delegated proof of stake, uh, which also uh, actually lends to you know just a few people running you know most of the validators uh, in, in this respect. And and there's definitely trade-offs in each one of these, but. Uh, fundamentally, I, I think the tooling uh, in terms of the ease of deploying software for running a full node, I think is going to be super important. Uh, and, you know, I view it as one day, you know, you'll have some nodes running next to your Wi-Fi router uh, with some simple software that allows you to manage your your things and, and, and kind of explore Web3, uh, the Web3 of the future. Yeah, we have seen um, a couple products already start to come out in the space that attempt to do that in a very, very easy way. So I know we had a an awesome conversation with a guy named Farbood from CoinMine who made this very, very simple crypto miner that is also going to be running blockchain nodes for a variety of different things. Um, and it also has handshake support too, which is really awesome. So, but we had a, you said one word earlier in that conversation that uh, really made me think the listener might not know what a validator is because this is again, very technical only you know people that are involved in this tiny little niche would even think of that word at all. So can you give us some definitions on the difference between a regular node, a validator, and while we're at it, uh, another term that's thrown around in that same context is master node. What's the difference between all of those three? Yeah, without, without getting too much into the details, um, a full node is just syncing the blockchain. So they have the state and the, the, the database and the information of, of that blockchain. And as I mentioned before, that full node is, is acting as a check against the validators. And in fact, I would say a validator is synonymous with a miner for Bitcoin or Ethereum. And what validators are doing more than anything is participating in consensus. It's just in, in, in the sense of validator, it's more likely a proof of stake chain as opposed to a proof of work chain. And when it comes to masternodes, which uh, definitely were really common three, four years ago, it's very similar to kind of this delegation concept. So if you ever see someone asking, hey, delegate to me, that's because they are a validator and they're saying, hey, for me to uh, really make money uh, for myself and for you as a delegator, uh, uh, it gives me a larger chance to participate in consensus, very much like a proof of work miner would. So so it's I would consider it completely synonymous with you know, running a, you know, a GPU uh, proof of work miner with, with Ethereum, for example, the only difference being that you're providing capital instead of hardware uh, to participate in the network. Awesome. That makes a ton of sense. One of, one, of, one of the last questions we have for you, Michael, is that, you know, there, we see that you guys support a lot of different layer one blockchains. Is there a certain layer one blockchain that you're particularly bullish on uh, for the next 12 to 18 months? I mean, I know a lot of people are excited about this kind of new wave of what they're calling, you know, blockchain 3.0, where you have your Cardanos and your Algorands and your, you know, your Tezos and your Solana. Is there anything in particular that you think is is just like killer? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think these um, cross chain experiments in DeFi are super interesting. Um, there's a protocol called Hydra DX that is launching as a parachain. There's another protocol called Compound that you might be familiar with. They're also launching their own chain. Um, I'm super interested in seeing how these protocols interact with the existing market with Ethereum. Uh, and I'm super curious to see the weight that Ethereum has versus a very established DeFi project like Compound does 
and whether they have the pool to really uh, uh, seed their own blockchain, right? Uh, and with that comes, um, you know, bridges, uh, ease of use, and these sorts of things. And and for me, seeing these kinds of experiments are super interesting because they're really, uh, in my opinion, pushing the boundaries of DeFi today. Um, I'm finding generally most the most interesting projects to myself are application-specific blockchains. Uh, trying to not be biased here because Pocket is one as well, but generally speaking, I think we're seeing really interesting experiments in this space. Yeah, definitely. One of the interesting things that I'm seeing is not just experiments in token prices appreciating and trying to generate the most profit, but also this elastic supply concept as well that's being done in a few different tokens. Uh, there's so many different ways to gamify your tokenomics that are so unique. Uh, Mirror Protocol is an example of one of them. It's this uh, basically tokenized stock market. It, it's really, really wild just the different ways that you can use it. They've almost got like a very unique options type of gimmick built into it, I would say. So very, very interesting, just the stuff going on. Yeah. I think the last question we have for you is, you know, what's coming up as far as your milestones and your roadmap this year for Pocket Network? What should we look out for? Yeah, uh, we've got a couple things on, on the roadmap that are probably coming in the next couple of months. Uh, run One called Wrapped Pocket. Uh, which is allowing anyone to uh, crowdsource infrastructure for their favorite applications. Uh, effectively, you'll be able to earn a yield and earn um, uh, and, and also pay for the requests of your favorite applications. Um, that's something we're really excited for. And more on the developer side, uh, we're launching our dashboard, uh, which is a really smooth and clean user experience for developers to be able to find uh, uh, to be able to get the, the data for their applications in a super seamless way. So, so those are two things that, uh, you know, we've built on top of Pocket and uh, uh, really expect and hope people to, to take that and run with it as well. Fantastic. Well, Michael, we really appreciated uh, spending the half hour with you. Uh, we wish you guys all the best. We're going to be keeping an eye out for all these updates. It sounds, sounds amazing. We really appreciate all the work that you guys are doing to uh, further this industry that we all really love and care about. <laughs> Amazing. And thanks for having me. This was a wonderful conversation. You bet. All right, everybody, stay tuned. We got some more amazing guests coming your way soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.